When something happens to your car, you might say, But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of. One that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Living life as a gringo Where you question where you fit And every time you mingle They say you do this with not enough that My rapping is really bad This <laughs> life as a gringo Yes, welcome to another episode of Life as a Gringo I am Dramos, of course And uh, I'm very excited because we're doing our Thursday Trends today And I have a very special guest helping me out with that She is an incredible singer-songwriter Who just premiered her latest single Maya Will as part of the Grammys Press Play series. Flores, how you feeling? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Of course. Of course. Where are you? First of all, where are you coming to us uh, from? Um, I, I live in Norway. All the way on the on the other side of the world. How are things in Norway? What is it like? Is it morning or, or nighttime over there? It's nighttime. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate you hopping on. Um we're gonna we're gonna dive into some some headlines from from these last uh, this last week or so. Uh, we're gonna tackle a few things like uh, honoring someone who's made incredible strides uh, for our community in Hollywood. So something positive, of course. Um, but before that, we're also gonna take a bit of a deep dive into some some trending headlines that include maybe some some rough breakups, uh, people taking wokeness a bit too far uh, and maybe even some controversial and uh, I don't know, some are saying racist music video from one of the biggest names in Latin music, uh, as well as uh, our, our president, maybe going back on some promises we made. We're going to get into all that stuff. Don't be scared. We're going to uh, we're just going to have a nice little conversation um, and we'll uh, we'll do that deep dive in a segment we call for the people in the back. Say a lot for the people in the back. All right, so let's start with uh, with A Rod and and J Lo. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming at this point you're you're very much familiar with uh, the fact that they're no longer together. 
Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> are you heart- are you heartbroken over this? I know some people get really invested over like certain celebrity relationships. No, I'm not heartbroken because every time that I saw them on like social media, he was always like on his phone. And she's so beautiful, and she'd be like in the mirror, mm. and he'd be like, <laughs> and I was like, what? You're you're in front of greatness here. Why are you on your phone? So- <laughs> See that that is a great a great point, and. And always leave it to to a woman to be able to pick up on some red flags that just go totally over my head, uh, <laughs> which which I, I love there. So uh, obviously she has moved on, but it seems like people don't want to let him kind of heal in peace almost. And um, this last week, as he was just trying to talk some baseball during the American League Championship Series, uh, he was out in Boston and fans use that as an opportunity to basically just like troll the living shit out of him. Um, and they were uh, they were taking verbal jabs at him, chanting J-Lo and, uh, and chanting she left you with Ben Affleck. One guy yelled, hey, A-Rod, what's your favorite uh, Ben Affleck movie? Uh, and, and this has me thinking, I mean, obviously celebrity relationships are on a whole different level, right? Like you can't like once that breakup happens, you guys are celebrities. You can't really escape it. But I am I am curious for you. Have you ever gone through a really like rough breakup that you just keep having to like, you know, run into that person or they're just in your circle and you just keep having to deal with them after the fact? Yeah, for sure. I think we've all probably been there where you're just like praying you don't see them and then right. you're just- dressing up every day because you're like I will not be caught looking all tirada in front of like (laughs) my ex no I'm doing good like and then you never see him but you've tried so hard to look good for six months so yeah I I have been there right different with celebrities because like the media is like there all the time right right and and are you I mean the, the the thing is, when it comes to to breakups, I mean, how, when that happens to you, do you kind of just play it off like you're totally cool, or do you try to avoid the person? I just, yeah, I just try to avoid it because you get sucked back in, you know. You just yeah. like, ah, no, right? I'm, <laughs> I'm done. When I'm done, I'm done. See, I like that's a good phase because there's a lot of people, and I believe that they call it backsliding, right? Like where you kind of like. Every time you run into them, maybe you're out at like the bar or something like that. You see them and you just end up going back into like this whole circle of it never really ending. And I'm with you. I've always been a type like, listen, once it's done, like I am I'm done with that. But I've also seen plenty of my friends get caught in that backslide, if you will. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's uh, it depends. I guess if you leave like like mutually, you guess you could be friends. But I'm I'm right. I- Oh, I'm not okay with like being friends with exes sort of thing. You, know? <laughs> you have to, right? Like, why? Yeah, exactly. And I talked about this on a previous podcast episode where I didn't understand how people can still be friends with your ex. I don't think it's healthy. And I don't think it's like, oh, you know, you're not properly moving on, in my opinion, if you're still kind of keeping them around for whatever reason. Yeah, it's like a demotion. And then you're like, oh, you know, but you can still be around. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> right that's a great way to put it i've never heard it put that way it's like a demotion that is really good i wish i would have heard that from from you uh when i recorded that episode that is such a great (laughs) a great term (laughs) all right and and um on to something else that is just a bit wacky uh we had demi lovato saying that the term aliens is derogatory towards extraterrestrials uh and I believe the she was doing something for the television uh, station E, 
she said, and I quote, my fans should know that I do not call them aliens. And she said, because alien is a derogatory term for anything, even extraterrestrials, which is why I call them ETs, end quote. Stay woke. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Are we getting a little too woke in today's (laughs) world, do you think? Are we taking it a bit too far? In some in some ways, yeah, mm-hmm. but in other ways, no. It depends. I think this is maybe she means well. Right. <laughs> I will break I don't know. break down <laughs> break down what you mean. Then, like the difference, and in some ways, how are we, and in other ways, how are we not? I I think there's a lot of gatekeeping around certain things, mm. you know, and I think some people can be really sensitive about stuff that maybe doesn't necessarily have to be so like, like I, I heard that like uh, gringo was considered like a negative term right. towards white people and right. they, we shouldn't say that term because it's derogatory. Sure. But but it's like, you know, if we were to like count up how many derogatory things that our parents told us, you right. know, like Vaga or you yeah. know, or something, it's like yeah. we, <laughs> we don't take it so personally. I Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And it's funny because I was I get called I'm I'm Puerto Rican, but I still get called gringo by my family back home. So it's almost me like poking fun back at them. Um but yeah, I think there are a lot of things because because there will be some people who are, are like how could you even call yourself a gringo? You know what I mean? Like that's so offensive that you're even, you know, kind of taking that that terminology. But yeah, I mean, at some point you just kind of have to like laugh certain things off, right? Like as long as there's no malice or ill will behind it. Hmm. Yeah, and I think alien has become like they call like Mexicans who cross the sure. border illegal aliens, and that's obviously you know derogatory. So it's like there, right. it's there's a clear reason why that shouldn't be acceptable. Right. But does it does it mean for extraterrestrials? I don't know, <laughs> really. We don't know yet. Right, so. well, it, it's almost <laughs> like it, it leads to this idea of like, we're seeing so much like fake pandering happening. You know what I mean? I think that uh, it's, and we've seen it with a lot of like companies, I'll say bigger corporations who are always like, you know, we proudly support this community just because it's like a trendy topic. We're seeing it with like, in the Latin space and all these like fake uh, towards, you know, sort of things that they're doing to pander and pretend like they actually give a damn about Latinos, you know? Um, and yeah, I, I think at some point uh, it, it just becomes like, okay, we're almost becoming a parody of like what the intention of all of this was, you know? Mm, mm. I, I think it can be really like uh, it can, if, if it goes too far, it can kind of minimalize what, what we're intention of being woke is, right? right? It takes it too far sometimes. Yeah. And and I also think for like Miley, she's or Demi. Who are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're all kind of one of the same, unfortunately. But yeah, Demi, yeah. <laughs> yes, I was thinking Froyo. Because like, if you saw that Froyo rant that yes. she, I feel like she's going through something. Right, right. Like, and and that's the other thing. I, I think that this is this is probably more of a reflection of something that she is going through or dealing with, um, rather than maybe like a real belief system because yeah, that Froyo thing was just kind of like, okay, I like you can't expect the owners of a frozen yogurt shop to like be, you know, planning that somebody who has, you know, a really tough time with an eating disorder is going to be coming through the doors and something might be a trigger to them. Like it just doesn't, it's not realistic. You know what I'm saying? That like a person outside of her could think about that. Yeah, no, I, I agree. <laughs> but that's why I think when I heard that her say that, I was like, oh, no, here she goes. She's going on a rant about right. 
like legal rights or what we should call extraterrestrial. Right. right. <laughs> so I just think it's funny. I mean, yeah, it, th- this one is, is definitely silly, but, and I want to move on to one in the music space uh, that actually has to do with like a music video. And this one, I think there actually is some sort of a point here. I'm not sure if you've heard kind of about the controversy about um, Jay Balvin's new video that he has with uh, the, the Dominican artist uh, Tokisha. It's called uh, Perra is the name of the song. And then they have a video that got taken down. I'm not sure if you've seen this one yet. I have. I have. Okay. So for, for anybody that is is not familiar with this one, in the video, J Balvin holds the leashes of two black women who are made up to look like dogs while he walks them on all fours. And there's also many other black or dark-skinned people that are made up to look like dogs throughout the video. Um, they, I mean, they say the lyrical content is, is to be about like the rowdy sex lives of dogs, but the visuals that they put out there, um, a bit problematic. I mean, a, as an artist yourself and then seeing this, I mean, do you, do, what, what kind of is your like initial knee jerk reaction? Uh, I think when I saw it, I was, I love Tokisha. I think she's amazing. And yeah. I love Alvin, but like right. he has some sketchy stuff in the past. Like, yes. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I just didn't think he'd do something like that. Like when you think of making a music video, there's so many people involved. Like it has right. to go so many people. And I'm like how it went through editors. It went through the directors and um, like production people and PR. And like, how did anyone not say like, hmm, this doesn't seem like a really good <laughs> idea to walk black women, like right. animals in chains. Like I, yeah super racist super cringe and i mean i don't know how you can call that artistry in a way oh maybe it's critical to say but it's like colorism is real in our society right you know i know that tokisha is a lighter skinned black woman so she would be more elevated on the scale of you know that caste system of course it was very like clear who was at the bottom of this music video and yeah I, I know everybody wants to cancel him and stuff like that and rightfully so right but i mean i just was like i was really appalled actually really yeah i and i agree and, and i don't believe in necessarily canceling somebody because i think we all do make mistakes i believe i mean listen if there's like you do something ridiculous like you know like uh that is unforgivable of course you know canceling but i think in something like this there, there is a teachable moment in it, but I think also for me as some, I mean, I, I like Jay Balvin. I really, I really do, but you're right. He does have certain questionable things that in the past he has done. And to me, for somebody who's been on the global stage for so long, who has been a part of American kind of like music culture for so long and by, you know, and just by being a part of that, you're going to kind of understand some of the societal nuances that go along with like what's happening specifically in America right now. Um, yeah. You know, especially over this last year, like there's no way you can get away from it. You know, uh, it's hard to give him the benefit of the doubt that he kind of was just ignorant to it. You know what I mean? Like and and it sucks because it's like on the flip side of that then you're sort of believing that he deep down inside just does not give a shit about anything uh, at all, except for, you know, what he feels like doing and, and really maybe has some of those, you know, racism buried somewhere deep inside him. It's tough. I, I struggle with this one, especially it being somebody that I, I genuinely like, you know, am, am a fan of or have been a fan of. 
Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I, I feel the same way. I love J Balvin. I just, you know, before and early in his career, I didn't know that he said a lot of these things. Right. And I just, I guess, because I was mortified. I was like, what the hell did I just see? And of course, right. he's a, not a black man. So it's, right. it's just disturbing. Like, you know, in our communities, especially have a lot of anti-blackness, especially sure. like Mexico, Latin America. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, even in Latin music, especially reggaeton, it tends yeah. to be very like whitewashed. When yeah. I was listening to reggaeton, it was like my mother would be like, "You cannot listen to this. This is <laughs> right, like right. Mbaos, like the stuff that you listen to yeah. in the street houses or whatever." <laughs> so it was right. like, you know, and now it's become this like really popularized pop music. Really, right. mm-hmm. it's kind of lost a lot of like what I remember it to be when I was sure. young. So yeah. I kind of feel like there's already issues around that. And then you do something like this and it's just like, how far back are we? Cause I feel in America, we're very progressed, like in right. race, but, but Latin America is like still like 50 years behind and like, mm-hmm. you know, like you can't talk about people, like specifically black people, you know, right. they were raised too in yeah. Latin America. So, right. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's very much a part of the history of Latin America, just like it is in in the United States. So it's not you can't be aware of it. And I think a lot of people got more frustrated because it got taken down, but it was like quietly taken down. You know what I mean? It wasn't like he came out and addressed it, you know, um, and, and and that was kind of that. It was like, all right, we're just going to like not tell anybody and not say anything, but we're going to quietly take it down. So. It, it it is like that lack of remorse that almost it's like man like is there really something more insidious behind this person that we've kind of been holding up uh, as like one of the figureheads of our our community as far as the music space goes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I don't think we I, like I said. I don't think we progressively see even. And I love these artists, you know, mm-hmm. from Spain and stuff. But I also sure. notice how like artists from Spain can in kind of inject themselves into mm. black music especially sure. specifically reggaeton and right. just part of it because they have like a lot of like name to them or mm. cloud or whatever you want to call it right and i feel like like especially people like black people should be protective of their space and to who mm-hmm. they let in because it's like they made this genre this is their genre they they're right. the ones who be at the top of the game you know like right in america with like jay-z or yay it's like sure you know what I mean? And I kind of feel yeah. like when I see it, I think because we're American and we see this as we're, I think we're woker in that sense. So sure. it's like a system, right? It must yeah. be just the whole system, like the from the record label to the consumer. It's just upholding a, a whole system of like inequality. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it is that deep. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is true. I mean, shit, you look at the media, like Latin media, you know, in this country is like, it's mostly white, you know, looking people, white looking Latinos, you know what I mean? Like that are the ones that are chosen or like, you know, women who dye their hair blonde to be more closely associated with whiteness. You know what I mean? Like, and that's what's elevated in our culture. And, and I guess it shouldn't be a shocker that the music is also going to be reflective of that as well. Yeah, no, I know. I see that a lot too, but it's sad, I think too, because it erases like a whole group of people that make up the majority of right. our- you know yeah and then you never see yourself in the mirror and as an artist that's what i think is so important like representation is so important for yeah. young women you know mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, this is a great time for representation, but still, I feel like Latin music still has a long way to go before everybody just like gets with it, you know? Yeah. On that note, let's take a quick break and we'll have more Flores when we come back. When something happens to your car, you might say, But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Voy a ponerme la vacuna Prevnar 20 porque estoy en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica, la cual pudiera llevarme al hospital. Así que preguntaré sobre Prevnar 20. 65 años o más, puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20, vacuna conjugada antineumocósica 20 valente, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar 20 en español.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. All right, we are back. And speaking of people who aren't necessarily getting with it yet, I do want to touch on, on one last thing um, because I know that this is also probably close to your heart as well. And that is what, what's happening with Mexico and the border, um, you know, and, and all that we're seeing. And, and it, was, uh, it was reported that President Biden is actually reinstating a Trump policy uh, regarding those who migrate to the Mexican border. And for anybody that's not familiar, I'm just going to quickly kind of go through what it is. But uh, former President Trump, uh, his remain in Mexico policy, which was known as the Migrant Protection Protocols, uh, it was described as a cruel and inhumane policy that was put into place. It was rules that forced you know, some of the most vulnerable people out there who were just seeking asylum in the U.S. that they had to wait out their legal process on the Mexican side of the border. And this is like border camps and migrant uh, detention centers and like border towns that people describe as like some of the most dangerous places in Mexico uh, when it comes to you have cartels and the quiotes and and how they take advantage of the migrants and the refugees who are just waiting on the Mexican side of the border. Uh, and now President Biden, uh, who campaigned on promising to end this this U.S. policy, his uh, administration is now planning to restart it. They're saying as soon as next month. Um, now, there's been a bit of a cleanup. Some people are saying that uh, Biden had no choice in this, that it was actually um, done by Trump's uh, elected federal judge who ordered the administration essentially to reinstate this policy. And it's not a uh, reflection of his beliefs per se. OK, so let, let, let's let break. I, I feel like for me, 
at, at the start of it is that it's incredibly sad that in 2021, people still seem to have so much lack of compassion when it comes to people of color and essentially what America was kind of, you know, founded upon the idea that it was founded upon. I mean, for you, this, you know, is this touches your ancestry. You know what I mean? So how, how do you feel hearing the news like something like this is, is going to be back in effect? Um, I'm really passionate about this. It's what my mm. whole project is about um, mm. because I grew up right on the border. So you can see the border wall from my house. Sure. And I grew up with it like there. So it, it's very psychological, the effect that it has on you when you see a wall and between two people that are the same, we're the same. Right. And yet we're different because mm. the government says so. Right. And um, they always say that they're going, they use the politicians, whether the Democrats or the Republicans, because yeah. they're predominantly white people. Right. They always say and use it as a political talking point. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, we're going to do this. The Democrats will placate to like Mexican people. We're going to get right. you, you know, this or that. And then they vote for a man like Biden. I voted for Biden. Sure. And then you have Kamala Harris saying, do not come, which is right. bullshit, in my yeah. opinion. Agreed ass bullshit because she lied on camera and said yeah. that she was going to help these people and they were in my city in 2019 when I went home mm-hmm. and they were placed underneath a bridge just out in the open in the middle of like mm. terrible exposure to yeah. the weather and like we went to a protest me and my mother but yeah. there were more people at the baseball game in El Paso yeah. which is like 80% Mexican people okay sure. <laughs> then at the protest, it was just like white people at the protest from like New Mexico and stuff. And I'm like, right. why don't we give a shit? Like, yeah, our people literally don't care about our people because they see them differently. And right. border is really divisive. It's yeah. people get really nasty when they start to talk about like they need to do it the legal way. And it's like, mm-hmm. there's no way to do it the legal way when you don't have money mm-hmm. and you don't have access. You yeah. can't pay for a lawyer, someone to bring you over. Like, it's not easy. And in, in my opinion, I don't think there should be a border. But mm. then you have Obama who just said, like, he said that open borders are not sustainable. And I'm like, well, border, open borders have been sustainable for 50, 60,000 years. Why right. is it now? Because, you know, the, the people who the colonizers, as they say. Sure, sure. <laughs> Right. Absolutely. No, <laughs> no, and that, I mean that's a fact. Texas was wasn't even. You know what I mean? Like the irony is, you're keeping them out of somewhere that was literally a part of their country beforehand. Like it just doesn't make sense. At 100, percent it is a colonizer yeah. mentality. Yeah, and here in Europe, it's like everybody's white here, pretty much. Yeah. And they have something called Schengen, and that means mm-hmm. that if you live within the European Union, you are free to travel wherever the hell you want to. If you live here, you can live in Paris. You can. You don't need a green card. You just need to have your card. And I'm like, sure. why isn't it like that in mm-hmm. Latin America and America? And it's specifically because the colonial state says right. no, we can't have poor brown immigrants here. They're mm-hmm. just like we, they can work here, but they got to go back. They can't right. stay. You right. Know? Right. Right. So I'm very like passionate about that. The the remain in Mexico is obviously like just it's painful because it's yeah. like these people don't deserve that. You know, mm-hmm. we're not a country that is that su- supports that. Apparently, we're supposed to be like a country of immigrants, but we don't allow right. immigrants. I just think, right. it's, but it is sad. You know, I, I 
I don't know if I'll change it or anybody else will change it because, you know, I think they're going to try harder to make it way more difficult to be on the border. And a lot of people don't know what's going on in the border. I took a road trip out to Texas to go filming in the middle of Texas. And mm. they don't need a border on the Chihuahua Desert anymore. They have this big, giant, like, blimp. And mm. it's like Big Brother. And yeah. it's able to scan hundreds of miles in, wow. in yeah, radius. And it yeah. can sense heat. So it knows wow. if there's any human bodies. Yeah. And it's crazy because they don't need a border and that's what the border is going to look like in the future Th this border that they have is just for show what sure. they really have along the border is this giant blimp and people don't know what that means because if you don't think that they'll put that in your city one day right right that might wind up one day you know it, we we have to we really have to pay attention is the way i see it because there are some scary things happening in texas that a lot of people don't know about it yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. And it's funny because I, I was talking about this on another episode where I was like, the idea of like the whole go back to where you came from only usually applies to brown people. And, and obviously, like now <laughs> when you're seeing things like, you know, Haiti and places like that, but like, it doesn't apply to Italians, it doesn't apply to Irish people, you know, yeah. what I mean, who, like, it's, it's like this forgotten history on purpose, where they have the <laughs> nerve to tell you to go back to where you came from, yet literally their ancestors are not from here, you know, what I'm saying like, we actually have closer roots to here than they do. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, it's, it's just really fun. And it just goes to show you that nobody bats an eye about it. It's not some, like a point that's even brought up popularly. And it's just because we've just been like ingrained into thinking like, yeah, you're right. Like they don't belong here, brown people. They don't belong, you know, yeah. uh, in our country. Yeah. And that, that started around 1924, I think, when mm -hmm. they changed the immigration policies on the sure. border because they were really focusing on eugenics because they wanted to like perpetuate a white race, which the right. Spanish didn't want to do that. The Spanish were like, Hey, we're all one big happy family. Let's integrate or whatever. Mm. Um, and, but it just so happens the British colonials and these colonial people decided that they would not have brown people because they're lesser than like right. lesser intelligent, less, less uh, of a human being. So right. I, the whole border talk, especially with Trump, you know, was very dehumanizing. Mm -hmm. Like we're cockroaches almost. That's what it feels like. Sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah, that's and, what we're spoken about. Like Exactly. And I kind of feel like specifically Mexicans, I'm not sure why, but I always like as growing up heard the term dirty Mexican. Mm -hmm. And you're always like, why is that? Why does that stick with us? Right. Like, you learn a lot through history about why we're called this or why these things are kind of employed, but right. it's all a way to kind of tell people, be scared, be yes. scared of us, you know, and maybe they are scared of us repopulating the land. again. I, I think sometimes right. that's what yeah, I, I think there's a fear of losing power for sure. And being yeah. the dominant sort of, of race. I mean, and, and a lot of it is all propaganda. Like, it's like, oh, they're taking our jobs. You know, like they used to say that kind of stuff about black people as well. And then eventually over time, it just became about, you know, uh, people from Latin America are the ones that are taking our jobs, you know, or, um, you know, oh, they're going to like take our job because they're working for less. But nobody is like, well, how about we hold the corporations responsible who are, uh, you know, paying people lower, willing to pay people lower wages, you know what I'm saying? And it creates this, you know what I'm saying? But nobody wants to hold the actual people uh, in charge responsible for like the fuckery that they're doing. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And they're the only ones that get to walk away from right. crimes that they've committed. It's like, but you know what? I, I swear, like, history has, like, nine things, you know? They can literally keep using, be scared of the invading immigrant, the brown person, and people right. are like, 
my God, you clutch your pearls and stuff. And right. they can do that forever. Like these yeah. politicians, you'd, you'd think that we'd get smarter somehow, but we haven't, I feel like as mm-hmm. a species, we're still like right in the. Yeah. And like this barbaric <laughs> phase of like our evolution, which yeah. doesn't make any sense. And then even to your point about like being at the protest and that it was a lot of white people, and a lot of Mexicans were at the baseball game. Yeah. Like, it's like we have this type of thing where we're like, all right, I made it now. Like, fuck the rest of you. Figure it out. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's really terrible. And especially and I say that as a light skinned Puerto Rican and Puerto Ricans are the most privileged of like of Latinos because we're natural born citizens. Right. So like this doesn't affect us, technically speaking, on the personal level that it would someone like yourself. But that doesn't mean we can't be empathetic to it. It doesn't mean that we could recognize that it's wrong and we should use our voices to stand up for it, you know, and. I think a lot of that stuff is by design where we're all kind of like divided. Like, okay, I'm Puerto Rican. You're Mexican. What you, what your issues are have nothing to do with me. So let me stay quiet in my area and like just focus on what I need to do over here, you know? Um, and it's really sad, the divisiveness that happens within our, our own community as a whole. Yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot of people were talking about the Texas Ranger guys, you know, with the Haitians that are now sure. real. Yeah. And it's like, most of those guys are Mexican Americans. Mm. Like yeah. it's not, you just got a picture of a white guy, but like 90% of them are Mexican Americans. Like mm. they just think that like they're better. I think right. it's, it's really, really messed up. There's a strange thing that happens. I think when you see a border and you give somebody a passport, it's like right. all of a sudden you're like, Oh, I'm not one of them. I'm not. Right. Of, right. Like, and it's like, yeah, yeah, you are. And your family, like my family, were able to cross the border when there was no border. Sure. And it was like five cents to just, you know, to right. over. And now it's like, you know, nobody had to do it a legal way because there wasn't in the early right. 1900s, you know. So I kind of feel like it's, it is fuckery, I guess you could say. That. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it, I am particularly mad at like my own culture who are yeah. like not standing by and we're the largest group of minorities in right. America and it's like yeah. we're powerful yeah still still we can't get it together so yeah I can very mad <laughs> no I, and I agree it frustrates the hell out of me because I, I'll talk to him blue in the face about like you know what white people in this country are doing but at the same time it's like what the fuck are we doing to help ourselves you know what I'm saying we're also our own worst enemies at the end of the day as well you know like a lot of this stuff wouldn't be as bad if we could just unite together on on you know on really fighting back on what's happening to to all of us you know it really is frustrating yeah i mean it's gonna i think now especially with texas they've restructurized voting like Mm -hmm. uh, power so now it's like they've stripped latino communities of their power really yeah so it's like you know it's our it's gone from bad to worse and i think um texas particularly is a scary place when it comes to the politicians what they are doing now and with the abortion law and stuff so it's like i i feel like there needs to be a collective um coming together of our people to really press against the the powers that be because eventually we won't have power at all so yeah I really don't know what the solution is. Uh, there's never time for immigration reform. That's how I feel it. it, it yeah. Is. Like, no, that's a. Right, we'll get to that next next administration. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> they'll, they'll tell us that they're on the campaign trail. They're going to get to it, but you know, then they run out of out of time and resources. Right. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. It, it's it's incredibly frustrating. And but let, let's um let's let's kind of end our time together on a more positive note. 
Uh, and we'll, we'll celebrate something good that's happening in our community. So we're going to do that in a segment I, I do here on the show called Mi Gente. Uh, let's take a quick break, though, and then we'll be right back. When something happens to your car, you might say, No! My car! But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So, just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Voy a ponerme la vacuna Prevnar 20 porque estoy en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. La cual pudiera llevarme al hospital, así que preguntaré sobre Prevnar 20. 65 años o más, puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20. Vacuna conjugada antineumocósica 20 valente. Una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar 20 en español.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. All right, so as promised, we are going to have some positivity here uh, on this on this episode. I'm gonna I want to talk about somebody who's in Hollywood making some great strides, and that would be Leslie Grace. Um, and and uh, there's been some some really cool things for her. She's actually going to be uh, Batgirl in in uh, in a movie for HBO Max, which is incredible. I mean, it's great to see that. Um, we now have like a Latina playing a role that is not just specifically centered to be a Latina, right? It's like it could be any race and they picked the Latina, which is beautiful. Uh, and then also there's the, uh, the remake of The Bodyguard, uh, which is actually being done by Matthew Lopez. And uh, in this project, he's, it's actually for Warner Brothers, so it's for a major studio. And it's, uh, it's being told that he wants the protagonist to be a Latina. And um, and a lot of people were jumping for for Leslie Grace to, to do it. And, uh, and and either way, I think it's just an incredible thing to to kind of see this sort of representation uh, in, in a place like Hollywood where we've been often left out. Hmm. I love Leslie Grace. She's amazing. She's yeah. gorgeous. Like she's a vision. So yeah. it's putting her as Catwoman. I read that actually. It was like yeah. amazing because it's about time, right? Like, right been here since the beginning and we're barely getting like a, a foot in yes and i like when they tr like dream up i remember having this discussion with a friend of mine who's british yeah. and they were like you know i was like why can't we have like a bunch of latinos in like a sci-fi thriller like sure. um you know this south sci-fi thriller with these kids i forgot what it's called with 11 stranger things okay and yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> and then he said like, well, you know, it's because people want to reminisce on what it was like back in the eighties, but it would have been a bunch of white kids. And I thought, well, shouldn't we dream up new like ideas for kids in, in right. all of the communities that's like diverse because America's diverse. So right. when her being Catwoman is like, it's like when Halle Berry was Catwoman, it was yep. huge. It's Absolutely. Huge. Yeah. It, it was, it's also because a lot of times it feels like in Hollywood, we're told that the only stories that are universal, like that are able to be connected to everybody, it has to be a white family that, you know, that is like being reported, right? Like if it's a white family, okay, it has something for everybody. But like if it's a Latino family or a traditionally a black family uh, that is like being their story being told, oh, well, that only like exists because for black people that only exists for Latin people, you know? Um, it's like our, our stories because of, of how we look at our upbringing, like it can't possibly be universally told, you know? Yeah. I think they're starting to see that we have a huge buying power. Like we make up like mm. 30% of the tickets in the box of it. So it's like, right. we deserve to see each ourselves, each other in, in amazingly different roles, superheroes and, you know, dramas. And I, I hate the idea of pigeonholing someone because, yeah. you know, she got to play the narco, you know, or the, right, right. <laughs> You can only play the stereotypical <laughs> Latin role. Like, that's the only time we can insert you into a movie. You know what I'm saying? That, it's so frustrating. Yeah. Did you see the tax collector? Have you seen that movie? I saw the tax collector, <laughs> yeah, with Shia LaBeouf uh, and, and all that. It was a little awkward. <laughs> yeah. That's like, like pigeonholing like. Right, right. But it's okay for him to pretend to be, you know what I mean, a Mexican yeah, I, from, from Los <laughs> Angeles, but like, no, we can't. We can't have a Latino playing uh, another role. Like you know, what I'm saying it just doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah, no, I agree. So I think it's brilliant. It's it pushes everything forward because if she, if a lot of people watch that because they love her, they watch it. It's just gonna mm -hmm. keep the funding going to our communities. The way I see it, at least. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I think that you know anything like that happening and finding success just continues to prove. I think a point that we've been fighting for, uh, mm -hmm. for for a very long time. Now let's let's end on what you have going on. Um, I mean, you you have so many amazing things happening. I know I I talked about this. You just dropped the the video for for my uh, and, and I mean, just your your sound overall. I love it because it, because it's not what we would expect the quote unquote typical Latina sound to be, right? Like you are doing like sultry, smooth like R and B which is generally, you know, commercially not what people are going to expect from a Latin, uh, you know, Latin-born artist. So, I mean, kind of talk to me a little bit about that love for, for R&B and I guess that, that calling to use that, to go that route, I should say. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in a family that, like, had diverse, they listened to diverse things. And, mm -hmm. I mean, I think when you go, when you grow up in America, you get, you're used to R&B music and yep. it's, a, like, it is American and is yeah. African-American, you know? So, yeah. for me, it's just I grew up with it and I loved it and of course you know in my area everybody loves Selena I love Selena right. but there's an expectation that you sing like Selena that you be Selena right. or Selena and it's uh. it's it's sometimes daunting because you can't break out of that or your expectations sure. of who you should be and and I think that's been very uh, a bit of a struggle but it's mm -hmm. nice to you know try to hopefully give respect to the people i admire in the african-american community yeah. in r b you know uh, and diversify it like intersectionalize r b and our struggles how we navigate those spaces so yeah i, I love that and i because i always say i mean you know i was born in, in this here in the states as well so like 
I'm two cultures. You know what I'm saying? I'm a byproduct of growing up in the New York City area during the time period I did, you know, and I have a deep love for hip hop as a result. But also I'm Puerto Rican. So like they're and they're one and the same. I can't pick which one. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I have different influence in me that that make up the person that I am, you know. Um, so I definitely can relate to that for sure. Now, do you think that in today's day and age, it's it's harder or easier? Because I feel like since the whole Latin thing is is like, quote unquote, trendy right now. Right. Um, you might have people trying to push you and be like, why don't you go like full blown in the Latin direction of like a Carol G or something like that? Like it's really <laughs> trendy right now, you know, like, do you, do you feel that pressure or is it a little bit uh, more kind of like everybody's kind of more open-minded and not kind of pushing that on you? No, I don't feel like anybody is uh, pushing that on me. I mm. mean, I could do it if that was like, but I just feel like it's not my thing. I, sure. I think all oh, my, my Spanish is like super bad. So <laughs> mine is too. <laughs> You know, like I couldn't, I feel like I couldn't do that with authentically yeah. in a sure. way. You know, I can sing the old boleros that my mother grew up listening to. I love singing those. Right. But as far as like doing reggaeton or something like that, I just feel like it's, it, it, I would be silly to do that. So. <laughs> <laughs> for me, for me. Yeah. No, I, I love that. It's good to hear that you're, you're kind of, you know, embracing exactly who you are and not kind of going, you know, not allowing yourself to be. Uh, washed away by some of the winds of what people probably try to say in this industry, um, you know, is like hot right now, whatever the case may be, you know, especially in R&B, because I feel like R&B in today's day and age doesn't get the respect that it used to, especially and and maybe we could blame somebody like Drake, who kind of like interchanges rapping and singing and like that kind of like has started off this whole trend of every person who would have been an R&B singer is now doing like this rap singing thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, but do you feel that way? <laughs> yeah, do you do you kind of feel that way though? Like arm, like I feel like Miguel is one of the few, few like purebred R and B artists that like is actually genuinely relevant in today's day and age like that. Yes, I agree. But he comes from like an old industry. I think yeah. like now there's so many avenues that you could be. Like you don't have you could be electronic R and B, alternative right. R and B, and now there's like you know they call it intersectional R and B, and I mm. think that's really nice and. It's not as conventional as it used to be, but it also is not as like maybe we're just nostalgic about what it used to be, like sure. you know, with like music or these older, you know, right, right, <laughs> Sade and, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So maybe there's nostalgia. I feel like I'm biased. I yeah. feel like, it was, but it was also a different industry, right? I think it's, it's like it's more open, but also the standards have mm. also lowered. It feels right. like before it's no be an, a musician or an artist if you didn't know people and have right. like, a support network or good management or whatever and right. now everybody can do it but that means like everybody can do it so right sometimes i feel like people mistake like beauty and like the seduction of like a woman or whatever over mm. talent and i mm -hmm. sometimes feel like that makes me feel sad right. like we're more than our bodies right right and, right and you should you should still sing like a little just a little bit Right. <laughs> you should possess the talent of singing just a little bit if you're going to call yourself a singer. That that is a great point. <laughs> but you know, I mean, it's it's a whole new world. So yeah, I feel like, you know, yeah, you're right. It's a whole new lesson. There's good and bad. I think there always is going to be. I think that the amount of avenues that you have as an artist these days is incredible, and that's a beautiful thing. The ability to build your own fan base organically and not kind of have to sign your life away if you don't want to is a beautiful thing. Um, but yes, you're right. It does open the floodgates for a lot of just really, 
mediocre things that are just like of the moment, you know, and, and aren't necessarily going to stand the test of time like some of the artists that we talked about uh, just now. Hmm. But that's um, the right, though. So. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> it's true. So, all right. So what can people expect from you? I mean, what do you got going on? Um, when it comes to releases, are you kind of just sticking with like the single thing? Are you are you looking to put out an album? What's the plan? Uh, we're releasing. I'm releasing an EP um, come next year. So we're okay. releasing a bunch of different singles off the EP with some more visuals. So mm. that's something to look forward to in the future. 2022. Yes. Love it. Out of the pandemic. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Hopefully, we are yeah. long out of the out of the pandemic by then. All right, where, where can people uh, follow you on social media so they can check out all you got going on? Um, you can follow me at Floresita de Luna on all my socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. So. Beautiful. Listen, Flores, it's been great getting to, to chop up with you and hear your viewpoint on everything. Uh, hopefully we get to do this again sometime soon. Yes, thank you for having me. All right, and now it is time to hear your perspective, of course, in our Ask a Gringo segment. Ask a Gringo! All right, so for for this one, and of course, anybody that's new here at DJ Dramos on Instagram, if you want to be a part of these conversations, but um, I felt like the the most appropriate question to ask my audience, and um, and it definitely was shown by the responses that I got, uh, was in response kind of to this Demi Lovato story about not calling extraterrestrials aliens because it's offensive to them. Um, so I asked uh, I asked my followers uh. Are we as a society getting too woke and why? So let's read a few of the responses that I got. I like this one from at cross underscore soul. They said, um, you can't speak without offending someone. Society should be more sensitive, but it's too much now. And I think that's a great point. I think, yeah, there definitely was room for us to grow and still is room for us to grow um, in our sensitivity towards certain issues. Now, with that said, I think that what tends to happen is that there is like this overcorrection, you know, um, and, and people kind of are overly trying to be inclusive. And I don't mean that in a way of like, oh, we should be excluding anybody. I just mean like you're taking it a step too far and kind of thinking about things in a way that is just not real or realistic. And Demi Lovato being a perfect one, because at this point, we can't confirm that extraterrestrials are even you know, in existence. So to claim that it's offensive to something that we can't even confirm is real. Um, yeah, is, is, is taking it a bit too far. Now, if there was a point about calling, uh, like immigrants aliens, and yes, I think that is an offensive term because you're essentially pointing out the fact that people don't belong here essentially, but it is, it is a very, uh, tight rope to walk a slippery slide, if you will, about how much do we kind of have to correct of our past behaviors before we begin to go too far and we're just kind of not making sense anymore and we've gotten away from the whole reason behind um, this idea of like inclusivity and wanting to make sure we're sensitive to people's uh, you know beliefs and feelings and things like that. It's definitely a fine line and it feels like we've crossed it with this Demi Lovato story. At Renegade Ray Rose 15 said, yeah, it's so annoying. Everyone is woke but highly misinformed, including myself. I think that's a great point as well. I mean, I think that so many people have opinions. And, and listen, we're all justified to have opinions, right? Like there isn't a barrier to entry for that. I'm, I'm a, a big proponent of all of us should be able to speak what we feel. 
with that said, a lot of us don't know what the fuck we're talking about. You know, like a lot of people are just basing information off of like headlines they see on social media. Uh, and, and honestly, even we've seen this being proven about misinformation that is happening across social media platforms. You know, like at the end of the day, TikTok is not a place to get your factual information from. And then uh, to go and start an argument with somebody over something you saw on TikTok doesn't really make much sense. Like people be like, I'll, I could send you a link and they send you the link. And it's like some guy in a room on YouTube and, and is saying, you know, some like un fact checked information. You know what I mean? And listen, I'm not going to go ahead and, and say our modern media has been incredible at delivering us concise and clear news. But at the same time, at least they bear the burden of being sued, right? Of being held liable because they are a a company out there on the airwaves. There are certain standards and practices that come along with journal with being a journalist and being on TV. Um, I mean, we even saw it with Fox News when they were pushing this whole, um, you know, the big lie about the the voting uh, systems with Donald Trump and all that kind of stuff, and how Dominion voting, um, you know, machines were, were messed up. And they had to kind of change their narrative a bit because Dominion was suing them, was going to sue Fox News. And like they knew that they didn't actually have any real proof. So they had to change their opinion to save themselves a giant lawsuit. So at least there is a bit of a checks and balances system when it comes to the media. The Internet itself is the Wild West. And a lot of people read you know, the stuff on the Internet and then take it as facts and then kind of go on this tangent of having, um, you know, uh, a highly misinformed opinion and in some cases that's a highly misinformed overly woke opinion this one from the homie at jade underscore Durrani. she said uh yes so woke we all need some sleep and then she continued on people are so quick to call out and cancel folks that there's no room allowed for a diversity of thought the speed at which information is fed to us as a society does not match the digestion that we as individuals need in order to chew on things for a bit Everyone just wants to be first, seeks bragging rights, or cancel someone so quickly for the sake of, I told you so, that people forget about basic comprehension, context, and nuance that are important for a healthy debate and forming well-thought-out opinions. She also goes on to say, uh, except canceling R. Kelly. Fuck that dude, which I agree with. Um, Yeah, I, I agree. I think information is coming at us so quickly. We're all just quickly kind of coming up with these knee-jerk reactions, and we're not taking the time to have a well-thought-out kind of unemotional reaction to a certain situation you know it's kind of like we're spewing out the first thing that comes to our mind and that's like the final opinion we end up going with instead of really processing things and hearing things from multiple sides and but i also think it's like we live in this culture where people feel that there is like no room for sort of potentially like you know amending your opinion or your viewpoint or at least just kind of agreeing to disagree it's like we live in this world where there's just like two sides as far as like, I'm right, you're wrong, right? And both people are kind of going into each situation and saying that. And there's no middle ground to kind of like figure out what parts of each argument make sense. It's like we skip the part or ignore it, um, ignore the part that what we're thinking is just an opinion. And we just kind of immediately jump to it being a concrete fact that cannot be changed. And that's part of the issue right there. And then I also just think you have some people who like, are, you know, slightly off in some of their thinking and then use these moments as an opportunity to sort of lump every situation in with like whatever conversation is popular at the time. And it's kind of like what Demi Lovato is doing, where it's like lumping something in there that is really just like nonsensical 
And it also, as a byproduct, ends up taking away from like actual real movements uh, when people are talking about, you know, offensive terminology that is really harmful to a group of people, you know, and then she kind of goes and it makes it a whole joke and everybody kind of points out exactly what we're doing right now. Like, I think the world has gotten too woke. And it ends up now taking away again from that whole the whole movement of actually trying to be inclusive. Um, and it becomes silly and, and people are going to be turned off from even hearing that opinion now. So so to summarize, uh, basically all of the arguments that I was getting, nobody said no, they don't think we're being uh, too woke. Everybody agrees that we are living in a too woke society. Um, and it's almost just become like theatrics at this point. I don't even think people believe half the shit that they're saying. Uh, but yeah, that's Ask a Gringo for this week. Thank y'all for chiming in at DJ Drama. So you want to be a part of the conversation. And now with that said, let's quickly wrap things up with a little bit of conclusion stew. Time for conclusion stew. Mm. So I'm going to quickly uh, kind of get through this because I feel like uh, Flores and, and I's conversation really got super deep on a lot of these things. And I'm happy that it did. Um, I think all of y'all and myself are on the same page when it comes to this overwokeness of uh, current society. So my quick conclusion, Stu, let's just go through some of the stories you said. A-Rod and J-Lo, uh, listen, A-Rod, this is karma for fucking it up with J-Lo, essentially. If the rumors are true that he allegedly cheated, uh, listen, this is what you get, and it's going to follow you around for a bit. Um, and I do not envy you, and uh, it further proves that I do not want to be a celebrity in any shape or form to have all of my information out there like that. Demi Lovato, too fucking woke. Uh, Jay Balvin, man. We have to have a conversation with him, and I'm not calling for cancellation, but I one has to ask, what the fuck is wrong with you? Make it make sense. And like, it's one of those things that like, you're like, damn it, man. Like, I really fucked with you, and I really am trying to find a way to make it make sense that like you are, are just ignorant to these things. But at this point in 2021, man, like, in what world did you think it was okay for you as a white passing man? to walk around with black women uh, on, a, on a leash as if they were your dogs in a music video. Um, and this, to me, is just a case of too many yes people standing around him, not enough people who actually give a fuck about his image and and, and uh, give a fuck about what's right and wrong at the end of the day. So let that be a lesson for anybody. Uh, and that's just like one of the main lessons I always point out of like, you do not want yes people to be around you because if, if they are, shit like this happens and you end up having to answer for it, and rightfully so. And then everything we're seeing with the border, it is just incredibly sad. I think it is disgusting to think that a sector of the population in this country really don't value certain human lives uh, and really can't find empathy for them, even though all of our ancestry is that of, of immigration. Um, and actually, the, the people that they're trying to push out have more uh, rightful ownership to this land than, than, than anybody else. But that's a topic for another time. Um, but yeah, I just think a lack of empathy. And then on top of that, us as Latinos, once again, not coming together when we should not proving that we care, you know, this idea that, well, we made it, you got to figure it out on your own. Like, no, that's not how things work. That's a fucking terrible way to, to live life and to, to function. And I hope that our generation is the one that begins to kind of get out of that terrible mindset and, and understand that we owe it to each other and our community that when we find some success, that we go back and help others in their journey. And on the positive side of things, is Hollywood finally turning around to a degree? I mean, listen, 
Leslie Grace is is getting some great looks right now, as well as as man, even just the idea of of a classic role like the bodyguard. Um, them saying that this is going to be for a Latina. I mean, it was amazing when it was Whitney and, and a black woman starring. It's incredible to kind of pass that torch now to uh, another uh, group of people who aren't highly represented in mainstream Hollywood culture. So I think that's huge and that's absolutely incredible to see this growth and this movement. Um, so yeah, salute to, to the people actually doing the real work behind the scenes. It is not going unnoticed. And lastly, I have to say you need to check out the music from Flores. And I'm not just saying that because she was on the show, but her voice is absolutely incredible. And she just makes really just amazing baby making music. So if you are trying to get yourself in the mood, you want something to put on when you're getting sexy with your significant other, highly, highly recommend just throwing on her music on your favorite streaming platform and uh, enjoying yourself. And real quick, I want to give a shout out to, to, to Brenda, who's just been a, a really huge supporter uh, of this podcast. I feel like since day one, I know her and her husband are, are battling COVID right now. I'm hoping that you guys are on your way to a speedy recovery. I know they have a, a small child at home as well, which makes it that much scarier. So I just want to make sure, you know, y'all know that you are are in my thoughts um, and uh, and I'm wishing you guys nothing but the best and, and sending positive thoughts and, and prayers, you know, your way and and. And, uh, and hoping for a, a speedy recovery for you guys, for sure. And with that said, thank y'all so much for tuning into another episode of the podcast. If you haven't yet, I would greatly appreciate you leaving a five-star review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Maybe a nice little comment even. All that stuff really does help out our growth and us being able to pitch the podcast for different placements and things like that. Um, those of you who have done it, I, I appreciate you more than you'll ever know. You guys are incredible. The support is so, so amazing. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. And everybody who keeps tuning in each and every week, every episode, I appreciate y'all. I hope you liked uh, this kind of a new format with the Thursday Trends episodes. I really like being able to kind of have some of these discussions about our community, the current events that maybe you're familiar with or that you're not, um, and, and being able to do it with somebody else from our community. It felt really good to do that today. So Looking to continue that. And man, that's it. I'll catch y'all on Tuesday with a brand new episode. Have a great weekend. Peace. Life as a Gringo is a production of the Michael Tura Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. Voy a ponerme la vacuna Prevnar 20 porque estoy en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. La cual pudiera llevarme al hospital. Así que preguntaré sobre Prevnar 20. 65 años o más, puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20. Vacuna conjugada antineumocósica 20 valente. Una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20enespañol.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20. When you buy a new house, you might say, Shut the front door! Winning! No, seriously, shut the front door. We own this house now. But you actually need to say, Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
That's right. The local State Farm agent is there to help you choose the coverage you need. Welcome to my crib. <laughs> no one says that anymore, but I don't care. So just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 